You know, a lot of a lot of things that we done spec that, that we done invested into as a whole humanity in terms of monoculture, in terms of industrialization, not worrying about erosion, deforestation. We done we done did things as a whole group beyond the pursuit of profit that affected the way things flow on Earth to the point where like we done choked off the flow to certain extents. We've got to reestablish it, you know? Welcome to the third season of the Hardwood Podcast, a program dedicated to sharing ideas, thoughts, and voices of respected professionals in environmental studies that care about diversity, equity, and inclusion. They all have lived and work experiences to add to their outlook and understanding of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we here on the Hardwood Podcast are committed to sharing the voices of these individuals, as well as making space for others to ponder our dialogues. Welcome, everyone to another, another amazing episode of the Heartwood Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Thomas Richard Easley, AKA Richard Ease, AKA the Hip Hop Forester. And of course I'm rocking with my brother, partner, genius engineer, the Dean Damien. We want to ask him if he'll say something, you know, uh, say say a little more if you want, cause he's the reason that this, all this stuff flows smoothly. What's up my guy? What's up everybody? Yeah, this is uh, honestly the episode that I'm most excited about um, we got Omavi Minder, also known as Mavi, uh, visiting us on the on the podcast today. Um, I'm not going to say too much about him. I'll let Thomas speak a little bit and let Mavi speak for himself. But just know that this is something special, and and y'all should tap in. All right. Okay. Well, brother Mavi, I'm I'm honored to have you here. You know, because I feel like for me, I am talking to some hip hop royalty right here. But I'm also, as we said before, we kicked off. You know, also, uh, it's an honor for me to talk to someone who is a hip hop artist that is also, you know, very focused on education and also focused on the environment and also some right. of your influences we, we we share, you know. So, but here's the thing, because I'm trying to keep my excitement under com in composure right now. You know, it's just, yeah. I was like, ah. So here's what I want to ask if if you don't mind, because, because I don't want to ruin everything because I know this is our first time meeting. Would you mind just kind of sharing just a little bit of you know, just a little bit of what you would like people to know before I go into questions and having our discussion about Omavi, please. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm originally from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, I was born in Lexington, South Carolina. Uh, my people, my grandmama, I mean, my mama, people is like, um, like mixed Geechee from Sumter, South Carolina. And my daddy is, um, be from Hopkins, South Carolina, like West Columbia. So my people are all real country, like, um, and my family background, like my great granddaddy, he was a, a Korea vet who was shot in combat, came home. He promised God if he survived a gunshot, he was gonna come home and have 10 babies. So he came home and had six babies. He tried, uh, they, and they had a, a gospel band. My dad was the result of that that upbringing and that culture and he just tried to keep like the country stuff and the musical stuff just around us and that's one of the main connecting dots for me just to like who i am on my mama's side my dad my granddaddy is a mason uh down there in something mm -hmm. and um he was a deacon and so like they was heavily in the church um i want to say methodist wait no missionary baptist um and so, yeah, like definitely like gospel, uh, like the country life, the South, a lot of that is a, is a real 
like influence on my taste as a human. Like what bring me peace, what feel homey and stuff to me. Um, so growing up in Charlotte, I was like the city boy of my family, like first generation city boy at that. Uh, and so that's always funny. Cause I feel like a lot of people don't still have country family by age, but um, yeah, bro. And so I grew up into hip hop a lot because my dad, he turned to hip hop, like his generation, he was born in 74. Mm-hmm. So whereas like a lot, like his, his mama was singing gospel or singing soul, mm-hmm. he was on the mob deep and he was from South Carolina too. So he would, he was like one of the first guys down there on like 5% ideology out of Harlem. A lot of the stuff that come with hip hop culture is like where he built his identity around. And so growing up, he was a producer himself. He kind of raised me in the studio. He taught me, yeah, hey, peace God. But um, literally, um, that that kind of stuff is like kind of where my where my foundation is. Why I can be so like relentlessly Afrocentric, um, just because I have a spiritual basis in this shit. I mean, and, and and just being myself and like seeing beauty in the existence and like the future of ourselves, um, and and how music is like an expression of that. So I'd be feeling a little anomalic. But it, it, it makes sense once you go back and connect the dots, you know? <laughs> yeah. Final thing. Um, yes. What's the name? How I started doing music is how I started I doing nature, too. Because um, there was this program called Studio 345 at Uptown Charlotte. And oh. I don't even like to say their name because I'm finna steal their whole idea. But basically, they, had, they gave the kids at the high schools a bus pass. And we used to go to this place called Spirit Square, like a performance venue uptown. And they had classes where they taught screen printing, film production, photography, music production, uh, and, and graphic design. And through that program is actually how I first went to the mountains. Um, we went to the Boone in North Carolina, uh, the Apps, and then we went to the Smokies in Tennessee, and then we went to Yellowstone. And then with some of the craziest experiences, like I wrote the title tracks to my first mixtape, Walking Through the Mountains. I think I got it this time. Today I realized I didn't matter. Today I found my home on last long after I'm gone. Ashes to ashes and I spent half of my life on my phone. I'm tagging up. God called me out in left field, comfy in the flow. Fall darkness to the death, shields your eyes from the light and you might align with the blind, so don't bleed. I am the beacon, we design to survive. See, it's perfection and death. I'm blessed with finesse in my breath. So I really learned, like, that was my way of reconnecting to, like, some of the, like, more land-based things. That, like, my country family just got more off the rip. And so it allowed me to just reconnect the dots. And it's just like, you know, it's a creative home kind of space for me. Like, it's why I can't really operate in New York how I want to. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's me in a short, in a short little boat. <laughs> Listen, I'm sitting here and the dean was looking at me laughing. Cause every time you were talking, I was getting excited. Okay, so like this interview is about you, but one of the things that we do here is that we try to connect dots between people. So you know my, yeah. I just, I just, I just want to do just, just, just a little something, you know. Yeah. So I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I'm actually right now in Raleigh, North Carolina. Word. Um, yes, sir. I, uh, you know, come from a family I, um, of preachers, you know, civil rights leaders and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was a deacon myself, so I'm an ordained deacon, and you talk to as well as an ordained pastor. 
Um, loving hip hop, and you, man, you, you, you said '74. Pops was born. I was born in '78. You said yeah. Mob Deep. I was about to start rapping Shook ones, but I didn't. <laughs> um, of course, when you mentioned Five Percent, you know, also, you know, I, you know, also converted to Islam um, at at a young age and really like matured and grew so much. Yeah. But I, but that's all I'm gonna say. I'm, that's all I'm going. Look at that. Say I'm a. You heard anything? I don't take it back to Alabama, the country. But the same with you. Same like you growing up in Birmingham, my family more so came from Montgomery, from the, you know, more of I would say the forested, the countryside of Alabama. But I grew up in Birmingham, so I grew up in the mm-hmm. biggest city. But I'm also an Eagle Scout, so I had a lot of engagement with the outdoors. Right. So just hearing you is man, hold on. You know what, Nadim, I'm more excited than you. So just it's whatever. Cause I'm I mean, every time you were talking to Mavi, I was standing up trying not to shake. So my heart's pumping fast right now. So we I'm wearing the I'm, same I'm, cloth, bro. And like that's, that's a club that's underrepresented, bro, and, and especially in rap, man. For real. For real, yeah. for real, for real. <laughs> I told you you a blessing to be on this podcast with me. I'm so with us. I'm okay. I'm sorry. I, I need to collect. Hold on. I have to collect myself. I'm too excited. Hold on. Wait a minute. And no, and don't edit this out, Nadine. Do not edit this out because this is what happens when you speak to greatness. Okay. <laughs> And wisdom shows up, it doesn't matter what age, doesn't matter what gender, doesn't matter what background, and we're talking to them right now. So I want to just go ahead and just kind of flow into the questions so that I can stay professional because I'm about to just get all hip hop up in you know? here. Let's do it, man. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun, I can tell. Yeah. Okay. So, Mavi, I'd like to know what home means to you because knowing that you have roots here in Charlotte, North Carolina, great mm-hmm. city. Of course, great state. You know, in the state that has interesting, nuanced history. Mm-hmm. I just want to know how does, what does that story tell you about home, though? You know, just knowing, you know, just knowing a lot of things about the past of this place, and here you are in this in this time doing great things, but still you're able to reflect on the past. And I mean, South Carolina, man, it's it's too much. So Charlotte means to me like a blank a blank slate. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my life, like I'm young, I'm 21. In my lifetime, Charlotte looked way different than it did in my childhood physically in terms of more skyscraper, like more real, inf- we got our light rail and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so understanding mm-hmm. the environmental factors behind how life changes and how people, how a populace change in response to environmental change, that's something that's of like utmost importance to me. That's kind of why I don't feel so homey in New York. Cause New York kind of like, it got a skeleton to it. It got a steel skeleton that you can't lift out the ground. Whereas Charlotte is a, is a place where I felt like it was always being molded my whole time. Also about Charlotte, like um, I went to, I was going to school all through the city. So I started off at Moorhead Elementary. My te- my second grade teacher told my parents, and, I, and I'm so blessed for her. Thank you to Kid B.B. Cunningham. Um, she told my parents like, yeah, he can't really go here no more. Um, so they shipped me over to the west side of Charlotte to go to Tuckasee G Elementary School, which is a lot blacker, a lot more Hispanic, but I was I was also in class with third, fourth, and fifth graders. So even just mm-hmm. off the strength of that, it was already a dichotomy where being a mm-hmm. perceived young black talent was mm-hmm. sending me into different, kind of, I was having to travel, travel to be that for one, and then for mm. two, I was starting to see how the quality of things was changing based on where in the city I was at. I ended up going to this school called West Charlotte High School. It's a really, really, really historical black. Yeah, it's a really historical black school in Charlotte. Um, mm-hmm. And I played on the marching band, which is also a really historical thing to do over here. 
Um, and that was literally like going to HBCU. After going there for a year, it ain't even, I wasn't even considering going to no white school for no reason. So, um, and that was all, it's also in the hood a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, I, and going there, I was able to see like, like literally bro, the only two electives at that school was child development, cosmetology, mm-hmm. mm. gym, and marching band. That's it. Whoa, that's meanwhile, it. to the south, yeah, that's it. And meanwhile, to the south in Myers Park, they was having horticulture, having robotics. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was able to see just like um, CMS as a school system. It's a lot of that too in Charlotte. Even though it's a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth, it's actually yeah. trends toward the bottom of the United States in cities of its size in terms of mm-hmm. upward mobility. So I was able mm-hmm. to see like, how even how I was growing into different opportunities just on the blessing tip, just because people like me or like my parents mm-hmm. and was willing to do a favor for me or put me in this program, that program, whatever. That was taking me to places that like was hard to imagine from home. And I'm grateful for that. And that's the perspective change. But um, mm. yeah, in terms of like the physicality, Charlotte is like, it got a good mix of like real, it's like kind of like Atlanta, how it got the metropolis center, like the uptown that not so many people live in, like that look like this. It's really how to live there, like two, three thousand up to ten thousand dollars of rent. And then mm-hmm. um it's mostly suburbs on the outside. So you get those long, long country streets. Like where I stay at, you gotta drive a mile, like my neighborhood, you gotta drive a mile through woods to get to the next street over. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> so it's definitely an interesting mix of like different things to get into in all in in every sense <laughs> in every sense. Look, okay, okay. So I have a, first. I got to ask a couple of questions, but and, and then I'm bringing back to the subject matter. Just just from that, because every time you share something, it just takes me to another avenue. Can I ask what instrument you play? Yeah, so I played trumpet, and then I changed to mellophone French horn. That did a little baritone, like I'm just a brass guy. Okay, so I played the trombone, I played the trumpet, I played the sousaphone, the baritone, even now. Yes. Okay, all right, okay. So here's the next question I have. When you mentioned, I love, well, I really like how you said, it's like people kind of did favors for me because they liked me. And when you were explaining that dichotomy, the difference between what your school had versus the other school, and well, I hear, I hear you know, so much, I. Can you just elaborate a little bit? You know, what do you mean that people kind of did fake? Like, you know, like, how did that happen? Like, how did you get into the environment where people saw? I mean, I know about, about your teacher, you know, you explain that, but just this this high school, that part, you know? Yeah, it's, 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 it's really blessing-based, bro, honestly. Like, certain things, like, uh, one, of the, one of the biggest opportunities that changed my perspective on how things work and what I can do was mm-hmm. this program called Campus Connections. It's ran out of this place. Mount Carmel Missionary Baptist, I mean, Mount Carmel, oof, I don't want to lie on them. Mount Carmel Church, let me just say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tech um, and so, and so like, um, they they had this program where you pay like $600, right? Right. And they take you on two tours, two long extended tours, and then several like uh, day trips to HBCUs spanning from uh, Florida A&M, Mm-hmm. up to Delaware State. So that means we going Savannah State, Alabama State, Tuskegee, uh, 
uh, Claflin, South Carolina State, uh, Livingstone, in, I mean, Central, A&T, you know what I'm saying? All of them. Up to Howard, Hampton, Virginia State, Virginia Union, Delaware State. Like, you know what I'm saying? I literally went to Johnson C. Smith. And they also had where they they had like running relationships like this 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 program like thirty years old, mm-hmm. so they had running relationships with the colleges because the kids they used to have us do weird stuff because you know churchy people they they really they really could instill some discipline and some skill and some good small margin of error and culturally, um, mm-hmm. and so had to dress up. We had to read every day, do our homework every day. Like they used to make sure we were doing our homework because we was leaving during the school week and stuff. Right. So okay. I ended up touring all of them colleges and getting like full rides from like nearly all of them. Like, and that's one thing where it's like, where people just like you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They see your, your transcript is cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But they just like, oh yeah, nah, come on. Just come get this money. That That's where the blessed part come in. I was able to do things like I shadow like uh, interologists. Like my high school was kind of busy. Like I was doing that campus connection thing. I was shadowing a gastroenterologist, like like a like a like a surgeon that do bariatric surgery. Yes. And then I was doing that Studio Three Forty Five thing, recording mixtapes, like all at the same time while I was going like doing the Mountaineers kind of thing too. So I was kind of getting like a, a, a kind of holistic education. Just because the program and the the city, like the studio 345 thing, that's completely free. I went to Yellowstone completely free. The Smokies completely free. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah, like there's regular blessings that come that came along with this thing that allowed me to see the things that I see. That's why I'm about demystifying. Like I'm trying to tell people the actual truth about what I've seen so that they can bring a part of the truth from the parts that was pure luck for me to be able to get there, you know? Right. Yeah. Wait, wait. I just listen. Okay, you know, we we we, we got to bring up the I got to just switch a little bit. Nadim, I need you to come back online just just real quick, please. Um, because this this interview is more than serendipitous. This is this is ordained. Okay, I just have to say this. Okay, so it I is worked, though. Nah, nah, it is. It is. I worked in Montana. Where I worked in Yellowstone, and I got in programs just like you did for free. The right. only thing I didn't have was the music part. That was the thing that, you know, but I had the science part. I had the forestry part. And, be, mm-hmm. you know, and me, and me being, being an Eagle Scout. And you've been able to take the holistic education that you had. And it's really, I think, it's a, it's a part of your spirit. It's really like who you are. Mm-hmm. And you, all, that, all that stuff did was just complement to who you already are. And you've created other opportunity. You know, I, you, of course, you fully appreciate it, but you can acknowledge it. You can go back and call it. And I just wanted to ask Nadine just to come back real quick because, you know, Nadine was like, hey, Thomas, I really think that you should talk, you know, to this individual. And he and I have had a similar reaction that I'm having with you. You know, where right. we have something in common. And I'm saying you, I have so much in common with you. And I'm just, it's a blessing to have you on. I feel like Nori on Drink Champs because I've said it again over and over. I just... It's a blessing to have because yeah. I mean, man, I'm just mental explosions, and then the, and then the fact we got this southern connect because my family is from yeah. East South Carolina, so I'm okay. I gotta go to the next one. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I don't have no. I don't have to, but I just want to. So I can. Man, hey, I love this, bro. Like, what's the name? Also, like, let me let me let me let me do my let me do my shameless joint. Do do, like, do it. 
dude. Like your generation, bro. Mm-hmm. Y'all did a lot of things, like a lot, <laughs> a lot of things. Like y'all, y'all, y'all branched out into a lot. Like it's a lot. Like seventies babies that mm-hmm. turned into a lot of things, and mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for that. And like, just the bridge between like, like blackness was really at a deciding point about itself in your youth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In a way where. What 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 we wanted to decide about ourselves and what we was able to do mm-hmm. changed fundamentally. Like people were willing to do, like my daddy, like for example, my my, my mama was born in 78. My mama, All right? Her, her mama stopped going to school in sixth grade. Okay. My mama went and got an LPN in nursing, had me, and then when I was like 12 years old in like the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Went back, started driving every single day. This also what made me go to HBCU, to Winston-Salem State. While I was an eighth grader, she had three children. She got a 3.8 GPA. <laughs> and she was commuting student every day, three hours up the road to go to school for six hours and come back and raise kids. And we ain't miss no meals. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, even where, like, education and, like, where documentation, like, like, Y'all represent an investment of the black community at large into the written word, into education. And it's like, we we so grateful for that momentum. And like that ability to see ourselves that way. And everybody, every family didn't have that out of that generation. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like when it happens, like that thing is like such a humongous, like you, you can't over you can't understand overstate like how how big a deal it is. But yeah, that's my that's my spiel about the seventies babies. Cause like we can't, we really can't do no part of this without it, no part. Okay, all right, all right. Nadine, stop laughing at me because I'm crying. Stop it. You know we laughing at me. I've never heard nobody talk about seventies babies like that, man. I'm hmm. okay. It's all right. It's all right, Mavi. It's right. you know we good. Hey, I can feel my feelings. It's like Tupac. I can do this and still look you in your eye. Yes, we supposed to. Supposed to. You right. Okay. So um, thank you for educating me. I just want to say that and just te- teaching me and, t- and just touching me. I'm still. a baby, man. Yeah, brother. So thank you. Um, well, my hey, okay. Well, my next question: mm-hmm. How do those home environments? And I mean, really, you just told me about home, home too, and that's powerful. Just you know, the power of mothers, power of parents. But how do mm-hmm. those home environments encourage? I'm saying and influence your artistic expression because I because I feel both. I mean, because when I listen to you, okay, I can definitely hear Chief Keith somewhat. I I, I can I, I can hear a little bit. I love, I love Keith, but I also feel like I can hear. Um, and, and I'm not trying to compare you because you are your own, but I feel like I can no. also hear who, who who's one of my favorites. I feel like I can hear the flow of like a ghost face with the way that you come in. I feel like I can hear what's my man that I love right now. He's married. He mar- mar- married to Remy Ma. I just a little bit. Papoose. Oh, Pat. Man, yeah, you just, I love Pat. I mean, you just bringing it, man. You know, like, I mean, and to me, you are like a bridge because you remind me of what I love, you know, just in right. your content. But your delivery takes me to, oh, I'm glad I'm in 2020. So I want to know how right. those environments encourage and influence your artistic expression right. in those home so, environments, please. Home, um, about the artistic vision. So, mm-hmm. A lot of ways, bro. For one, okay. is that I came up. Um, so my dad and my parents, they they 
they brilliant curators of human life. Let me just let me just give them their praise right fast. So like I came up listening to like when I was a baby, a lot of Maxwell, a lot of Kim, a lot of D'Angelo, a lot of Outkast. Like the so like I'm a soul carrying baby, right? And then as I started getting older, my dad, my dad is a man's man in his way. Because also that's another thing about 70s babies. They what they had to retake black masculinity into their own heads because they was really not gonna go be a plumber. <laughs> so my, my daddy, my daddy, he used to bro, um only built for Cuban links number two. When that came yes. out, I think it was like 07. Yep, he used to drive me to school every day, like in fourth grade, and he used to play bag and crack in Pyrex Vision and crate like songs you ain't supposed to hear when you were fourth grader to me every single day. Though, like he was, he I owe him that I'm that I can rap this good. But then the final cherry on the top, and this is so timely, and it's like I don't want to cry talking about it. But okay. like um, the 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 man who changed my whole life as a rapper mm-hmm. and as a human, and how I was able to why I thought it was important to be good at art and science is um is MF Doom and um. Yeah, bro. Like even how he was like uh, in his KMD days on his on his black radical Islam shit, and then that evolved into like his hip hop identity, and it informed like even um how he says like all ninety nine plus one of them, like even little things like how he invoked his spirituality throughout his raps, and then tie that back to the nerd stuff, and then that's like and that's a flex, like that's a bar. And how he, even how he did his business, he, he wore a mask because he wanted this thing to be about the music. One of my favorite rap lines ever, ever, ever that Kendrick Lamar said that Doom really embodied so crazy. Kendrick said, just give it to the kids. Don't gossip about how it's distributed. I know how people work. Doom used to wear a mask because he, he felt like, bro, it's too much about anything else and not about like me just get, it's not enough about me. It's about the beats. Not about the streets and who food you about to eat. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what you're saying. And like, just allow, just him centralizing the music and centralizing the love of this thing, and still being cool. Like, that's important to me, and I and it's important to me as a cool guy, like as a guy with chains and like stuff that don't matter and tattoo, like things that kids look at and think is oh, oh that's cool. It's mm-hmm. important for me to be passionate, and it's important for me to be like. Like not aloof, <laughs> not urgent. You know what I'm saying? It's important for me to put on the mask, on the coolness sometimes, and nerd out. You know, and mm-hmm. and and that's how you be the best. Like I really thought, like I really think, bro, is the best. You know, and that that like just me, just interacting with him as an artistic entity, mm-hmm. changed my whole thing. And that's even, like people compare me a lot to Earl. And like, really, like that's my link between me and him. Like, I, I tell him all the time, like, like me, like me and Early is like brothers or cousins in this thing through mm-hmm. the doom. Like, and he really taught me the value of uh, artistic genealogy. And so, yeah, I trace my artistic genealogy definitely through doom, through the Soulcarians, through a lot of Southern rap from Master P to Boosie to Webby to Gucci. And to T. Keith, and then at the same time, through Doom, to Ray, to Joey Badass, 
to fucking Earl to, you know what I'm saying? It's so many traditions that play at the same thing. And I think that's one of the best things about being a black man. And that's one thing that my, my, my family and my home environment showed me too, that mm -hmm. my people got good blood in so far as they associated themselves with clades of knowledge that enriched my life without me knowing it ever. My granddaddy being a Mason mean that my life is better a little bit. My mm -hmm. granddaddy knowing how to farm mean that my life is better a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that, that, that was basically my identity with like accepting tradition on the artistic level and on the humanistic level. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now I want to make a little, a little deviation, just a little switch now. Yeah. Uh, because, and, and, and you made it the, well, really you made the segue. Okay, thank you for answering that question. So in your music, um, mm -hmm. you, you make sometimes some subtle and also some not so subtle <laughs> references, you know, to the struggles of your lived experience. I'm, right. I'm, so how do those struggles tie in particular, but you know, but wherever you also want to go, but I definitely want to bring it to this tie to environmental justice. Right, so like, <sighs> EJ is so crazy important, bro, because like, Okay, so Charlotte, let me just talk about some stuff. Some things that happened in my life that influenced how I do this or why I talk about this stuff, like how I do. Like, for example, a, a, a illustrative example. My grandmama was having respiratory failure symptoms for almost a year, going back and forth to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I... I want to name drop the hospital, but I can't. I don't remember. Finally, after a year, they do a biopsy. Biopsy reveals she's stage four lung. Right? Right. My grandma from the country country, and it's it's like they like it's suggestions and it's it's evidence suggesting that like black mold where they were staying was contributing factor to that. And also my granddaddy, her husband, also developed cancer out of the jaw off the same thing. Like in the, like within months, like during her funeral arrangements, he was getting work done. So, and when she was going to the hospital for the whole year prior to the biopsy, they was telling her she had walking pneumonia and sent her regular back home on, on recognizance. Mm -hmm. So, where environmental justice and medical justice is the intersection. And then when we get to the hospital, my mama, who's the nurse again, she the one who put in my grandmama feet up, making sure they, they chart is this. So I'm seeing like these spheres of vulnerability consistently play out in my family where mental health issues just alive, just so smoothly in the drug addiction that nobody has resources for. Like where you can't really have a schizophrenic baby under certain conditions, like in America. You know what I'm saying? Like you just can't. Like not as you cannot, but I'm saying like they life will be unnecessarily difficult because of structural obstacles to them living a full life. Mm -hmm. These is the things, these is the people who I see as exemplars of human character. You know what I'm saying? As the people who is in my heart, who I talk to even after they pass. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so, like, um, mm -hmm. yeah, dude. <laughs> like, 
just seeing my people go out crazy. And then like my my like my friends, like the, the on the economic tip, like my friends is really in a position where we gotta do stuff that's not that cute to have money. And it's crazier because my daddy, who is a man I looked up to on the complete opposite of any kind of the, the kind of influences that I take from Gucci or Chief Keef or Webby, the complete yeah. opposite. When you go back, you start to see them is not no two different kind of black men. You kind of got to do some, you, you know what I'm saying? Period. Mm -hmm. And so like that, that's kind of like the acknowledgement that my life is the, is the, is the middle ground up too. Like we didn't have to do some things that was not cute. And I done been so hurt just with feeling like being myself mm -hmm. that I done did some stuff to myself that I ain't was supposed to do. Way younger than I've been supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so yes. like, um, yeah, you, you know, just growing up too fast a little bit, man. And then on my end and then on the family end, just seeing like where the lack of care exists on all spheres, like, where the investment is not into human life, or at least our human life, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what inspired my polit my political shit, where it's like, bro, where is the, like, bro, it should be a regular answer to these questions. The question is not hard. Mm -hmm. What should I do when my child is like this? Come here and get this, is the answer I would propose. You know what I'm saying? It's not an answer nobody really think of like that, though. Um, but yeah. And then going to Howard too, because Howard is like, and this was one, one of my criticisms of Howard. Mm -hmm. Howard is so philosophically like galaxy brained about uh, truth and service. But like DC water is not clean. I'm a bio major. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We know stuff about water. Mm -hmm. We know stuff about EJ. DC seventh grader, black seventh graders is reading on, on grade level 28% of the time. I know how to read. I'm we the number one, we supposed to be the capstone and all this, like all these, all these showy nicknames and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And so and so I started to see from the class level how my parents was the first ones to erupt into a thing that never reached back. And that's why the eruption had to be so traumatic for all, all of us. Um and so yeah, man, it's just it's just a lot of things that like I done had to be in the room as several different guys in the room. You know, mm -hmm. I done had to sit in a lot of different chairs. And now I'm at the chair, like, and this is another chair that I, I even take this rap shit as a lesson in and of itself. Like, bro, publicity mm -hmm. is a whole lesson onto itself. Some people get it or or fiend for it like it's like it's the it's the it's the object of the game. But it's really supposed to show you something about your own human character. You're supposed to do something through it. So just like being in all these different positions, being the cool guy, being the lame guy, be, you know, being the this guy, being being the tough guy, being the soft guy, you know, being every guy. I had to be it. Okay. All right. You know, I I feel like I'm listening. You're explaining my child to me. I'm like, dang, maybe I would because have this thing is, it's really in a tradition, bro. Like we all mm -hmm. like that's the that's the that's the reality of black manhood is multiplicity. You know. Mm-hmm. I do. 
like I said, you, you raise it. Look, look, I, I just, I'll just say this and then I'll go to the next question. I was watching recently uh, People's Party, you know, with Tyler Quali. Yeah. He had Corrupt on there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Corrupt, you know, from Dog Pound. And he was, you know, of course, you know, we always bring up Nipsey Hustle. You know, he had on a Nipsey right. hat. You know, so, of course, you know, RIP to the God. And um, Talib asked him, no, and Talib said to him, well, you know, Nipsey was a fan of y'all because y'all raised Nipsey. You know, right, you, right. Snoop, and all them. It's what Corrupt said. Was a I, yes. He said, well, you know what, brother? I hear you that we raised Nipsey. He said, but when Nipsey got on, you do realize he turned around and he raised us. And right. I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm like, I understand what he meant. I understand it, you know, now, you know, like just to hear you. Because there's so much, that's what wisdom doesn't have an age, you know, right. doesn't have a race, you know, brilliance doesn't have that. And you, you know, and, and, and now that you're proving it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, because I'm not surprised at your brilliance, but you're just another exemplar of that. You know, like you're just shining, you know what I mean? Shining like the sun, I call you that because you shine like one and you're breaking it down. But you also, you just acknowledge that you said we have to be multiple, the hard guy, the tough guy, the smart guy. Sometimes we got a deal to make something happen. We got to be soft so we right. can breathe. So I just appreciate you for saying that because we don't hear a lot of masculine too men, you know, who also say that and own it. And you just, you know, you just did it, you know. And so um, that takes me to my next question then to you. Because in your recent track, SMH, mm -hmm. you actually referenced Anthropocene. Yeah. You know, how, how often do I have? Yeah, they had a lot outside of Yale. So thank you. <laughs> and the first track on, on I think it's um, on the Let the Sun Talk album. Yeah. I think mentioned like definitions of like pro-blackness and how to that definition of pro-blackness is the 12 jewels to be pro-black means to relentlessly pursue money land guns and useful knowledge for the purpose of creating and maintaining healthy and productive black communities it means the cultivation of a culture that reinforces a unified vision of black well-being and continuous advancement it is also to speak for oneself and share to share with one's community the following critical aspects. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding, freedom, justice, equality, free, 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 justice, equality, food, clothing, shelter, love, peace, and Let the sun talk is about the regular five <laughs> percent. That's what the sun is. <laughs> like I'm just like yeah, bro. Like be the, yeah, be the light and the warmth and the God of your own universe that God built for you. Yeah, that's like the sun, and that's why self love. I had to go. I had to revise some of the five percent because mm -hmm. one thing I don't like. Mm -hmm. Like I want like my girl is this like I'm my girl moon. That's one thing I'll take sport. I'm not shorty son. I'm her moon too. I'm her moon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what you so, saying? That's why on self love I say things like we ain't free until she free too. But let's let's take a let's take a, a brief loop back to uh so, to SMH. Okay. SMH say. Yeah. It's an M A Y O R. If you did, like I'm I'm really him. Like nah, bro. Tug at the rope, got thrown for loops. My balance stuck in a throat and see what mood is the standard. And movement not granted. 
unless you snooping for a human zoo to loot and transplant in. <laughs> and attune your cruiser to the tune of mass panic. <laughs> like I'm saying, like the like city planet is literally unless you try to like like the way you can move like if you try to get a a a a, a metro stop built. Mm-hmm. If you trying to go move, if you trying to go transplant into a human zoo, from that perspective. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, of course. You're getting grants, you're getting low tax rates, you're getting all of this. You can move. <laughs> You'd be stuck if you are if you if you're on the other end, if you're the mass panic that you just listen that everybody else is listening to NPR driver pass. <laughs> you know? Yes. So I it's just... like, yeah, bro. It gets deeper, like um <laughs> and then these days. Maroon reclusion is my greatest hope. Like we gotta like, like, hmm. like the that's one thing I learned at Howard. Like the maroon tradition, whereby black people create space for black people to exude blackness outside of Africa. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that gotta exist. That's mm-hmm. that's that's our only hope. And then like, as youth, we heard the Yakub myth from the stoop. It was great to control the truth. That's about Amos Wilson. Amos mm-hmm. Wilson say it's not about it whether white men are the devil. It's about black people. It's about if black people will be lit better. It's the, it's the same thing the Nation of Islam say about it. It's about whether we'll be better off if we behave like it or not, right? It's about mm-hmm. greater control. It's not about truth. It's about greater control. But it's about greater control of truth. But I'm taking both. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fuck it. I don't feel like they. I don't feel like they oppositional. I don't feel like we got to deify or the- theologize. The, the oppositional forces to our liberation, you know, and like you know. Listen, I feel like I'm listening now. I feel like I'm reading Martin Luther King's book. Where do we go from here? Because he has so much wisdom and solutions, and you're talking solutions. The way that people can make the connection, self care, self love, and keep it moving. Okay, here we go. Wait a minute. Okay, you already answered in my opinion because you didn't talk me, but I'm gonna ask you a little bit more explicitly. Then yeah. how do you think people, the world? can change to be a more sustainable, healthy place just for people? Um, <sighs> all right, so it gets deeper. So I think that like people who are, who are re- reflexive doers, right? Okay. If you get results a lot, that's first. I don't believe that's no human. I don't think that's like no uh, distinction, like like better or worse. Mm-hmm. This is a type of person, like like point guard, shooting guard, point power forward, center. You get a lot of results, or you get a lot of capitalistic rewards out of this thing. Invest in humanity, in real life. I I was talking to the homies about um, <laughs> you know, when Meek Mill was uh the little boys asking for the money for the water, and mm-hmm. he only gave him twenty beans. And everybody like, well, them boys be robbing people and stuff like this. Well, yeah, like the only way you can guarantee people not gonna rob you is if nobody gotta rob you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the investment in humanity is really the only thing. Like, if the cost-benefit analysis of having stuff never swing against doing bad things to yourself, bad mm-hmm. stuff never gonna stop happening to us at the end of ourselves. Period. And enough of us have stuff to prevent it at a much larger levels than we do. Mm-hmm. But we got to operationalize it. One thing I'm a big fan of right now is mutual aid. Um, I'm not really sure how to put it in a like 
practice. I, I want to get one going on my own and like just give it to the kids. Like I'm trying to get grants going for the fucking um for like pro tools and laptops in like Charlotte Boys and Girls Clubs and after schools and stuff like this. So that the things that actually change my ability to do this thing, which is access to free music equipment. Is the thing that continues forward after me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Invest the same things that got you from the in between zero to a hundred dollars, or mm-hmm. zero and three hundred dollars. The thing that moved you out of destitute, where you got some room to work. We gotta just give that forward. You know what I'm saying? Because that's re- like you can make it forward, right? And we don't all seen people in our family turn zero bean to fifty bean, or put like my my grandma for example. She never worked a job higher than a factory job, like canning. Mm-hmm. One grandma got tens of tens and tens of thousands of dollars because she cook at home every night. She she buy things from you know Habitat from Humanity, things like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying like, whereas like that that that's real hard work mm-hmm. that my grandma gave her life for it for us. You know, real hard work. Where mm-hmm. and where she had to have character traits about herself and her mind heart to even mm-hmm. be able to do that. Not mm-hmm. that everybody don't got them character traits, but specking into them character traits and being valiant in order to get over or to live a regular human full life ain't yep. nothing nobody but black people gotta do. Mm. You know? Yes. Nobody but black people gotta be heroic to survive. Mm. Wow. Um, and so like, yeah, just normalizing by investing into black survival, into black literacy, mm-hmm. into black clean what like so like the, the things that put you behind the eight ball, like we can't like we can't we can't brunch our way out of the environmental things that put us behind the eight ball. Period. You know? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Look, you already doing the next question I'm about to ask. I just probably just need just to explain a little bit more. How mm-hmm. how are you using your platform as a way to promote the way forward? Shoot, I don't even know like that, bro. Like in real mm-hmm. life, the way I do it is like I'd be spending money. Like I like that's my <laughs> that's my mo right now. I spend a lot of money. I okay. gonna go fund me on just nigga little brand. Just give people money, my family who like raising babies and things like this, mm-hmm. so that like they can be home more, they can do more stuff. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like this, especially the younger ones who like where the difference made in their kid life. I'm telling mm-hmm. them is like where you be around or don't. And if you can't really be around or don't because like some money shit, like tell me that. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. first. You yes. know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. Um, and I just want to operationalize them things to outside of my family. That's mm-hmm. tough. And that's a challenge. Like, and I'm looking for fucking advice and like infrastructure where I can fit in. Like, um, especially once I'm as I move around, like in New York, I just I just registered for this thing, this reading partners thing, where you just go and like read with a little kid, like type shit. Um, okay. All right. Yeah, things like that. We're like. I just like demystify my existence, make myself available yes. to contribute. But like, also it's like some of the things be gatekept, which is why a lot of the resources from really well-meaning, amazing programs don't go to the people who they intended from the beginning with. Mm-hmm. And that's a challenge that we all got to figure out in the next mm-hmm. wave. Because like, even if I do mutual aid off of Instagram or off of Twitter, right? What happened when the people know the internet? 
Um, but also like, yeah, I, I give a lot of money. So, mm-hmm. and also like before, like when I was at Howard, I was doing a lot more like pre-pandemic and stuff, pre-George Floyd and stuff. Like mm-hmm. my my like I like one time I like and this this why the things is is simple to me too. Like like we did this thing and um with as a part of this organization that I was a part of called HU Resist at, at Howard. Where they used to do a pantry. You have? I have. Well, see, my just just let you know, just real quick. My rhyming partner's brother uh, is uh, one of the heads of admissions at Howard, and then my associate and Dean knows him, Dr. Sean Bogle at Yale, is a graduate of Howard. And then, like I said, I have a cousin who's an Omega who still works with Omega Chapter there at Howard. So every time I'm in DC, I'm like blackity blackity black. Oh, so you tapping in? Yes, sir. Yeah. So so thank you. With HU Resist, we was doing the. and they became like a real paradigm for how to do it. And personnel uh-huh. stuff got in the way because mm-hmm. of like, you know, it's also Howard kids at the end of the day would show me, you know, it actually got to come from a place where you done not had some stuff before sometimes. But um, uh, yeah, so we had a weekly pantry going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, all, we, we all split up into different initiatives. So my main initiative that I was doing was the pantry every once in a while, and I was doing a, house, a housing thing. That Howard was tearing down one of its dorms mm-hmm. and remodeling it into an apartment complex using okay. a contractor called Power Design, who was doing mm-hmm. like not so good labor practices. So we brought that to life, and we linked up with the workers and everything in the ANC in DC, mm-hmm. and was doing work on that. So, okay, definitely making things where like we slowing gentrification down, stuff like this. But also like on the feeding tip, on the actual like physical, like fuck politics, like food, water stuff. Mm. Like bro, one time bro, like my friend uh, Rakaya and uh, uh, runs this thing called NSN, the pantry. And NSN stands for serving this. <laughs> it could be way, it could be way simpler than we make it, bro. So NSN, bro, uh, I went to Family Dollar one day. Guess how much I spent? How much? $80. Guess how that's what I got? I got all the toothbrushes, all the toothpaste, all the pads, Ziploc bags, uh, masks. Mm-hmm. And then they, I just dropped it off and they just handed it out at the, what's the name at the train station. They ain't right who needed it. You know, just give it to the kids. Don't gossip about how it's distributed. <laughs> At the end of the day, don't be scared, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay, listen, Mavi, look, um, I could talk to you for Matter of fact, look, I'm, I'm going to ask, we might have to bring, bring you back because you have dropped so much wisdom. You've also dropped a lot of love. You dropped a lot. Well, let's take 5%, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Yeah. You've also dropped a lot of what, you know, you, you've just given us God, and then you've also given us challenges, you know, for us to look at ourselves deeply and the world deeply. So I just want right. to ask you, man to man, you know, you know, you 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 a leader handling business. Can you, you you've told us about your grandma? I just had a dream about my grandma. So you told us about your grandma, granddad, mom, dad, these major influences. I, I want to ask you if you'll tell us some advice or guidance that you want to give to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say to any generation of environmental thinkers and change makers, any. Definitely new, but any generation, because we're all still here on this planet. Any advice? One is go outside. 
um, like outside, outside, and sit still, like and write or draw or do something, like there, you know. Mm-hmm. I it's it's something to like we we kind of dopamine addicts as a people, not as a people as black people as a humanity right now. Mm-hmm. Just by like we get a lot of things that like we invented a lot of things that respond to our touch. Period. In terms of machinery, in terms of phone, whatever. And that give us a little dopamine boost. I think there's a way. And I think that like people all throughout time, even in today, there's ways to make it where your normal sensory experiences are wondrous. Speck into that a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, know that the stove is hot. Like you don't have to, like you can hear crack is whack. You don't got to smoke it to find that out. You know that? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just, I know that. that's, my, that's my second advice. And then finally, it's like, bro, thing looks scary. And it's designed to look scary to us specifically. But, like, bro, we done really made progress. Like, like one of the homies told me, like, he felt like black people ain't made no progress in America. He's nation. He'll say this, though. He said black people, the black family ain't made no progress in America since the 60s. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, nigga, what are you talking about? Like, you just bought a list <laughs> over here. You got on clean clothes. We in this apartment that I have as a 20-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking mm-hmm. about? So I'm saying, like, accept progress where it is and challenge yourself to leverage the progress you already had. Like, sometimes people want to be ahistoric. They want to be so partisan and ideological that they is ahistorical about the games we done already made. That's only because, like, nobody really willing to do the true work to distribute the games of the things that we done made. And just, you know, always just identify the gradients of resources, not necessarily what's happening to who, who have what or who's not having what, right? Because you can, you can, you can find anybody, if we're doing straight the privilege Olympics, you can find anybody at anything who's doing better than anybody about anything. But like understanding, like where is the flow of things from? Where where does it emanate from? And then where does it arrive to most frequently? And observe them patterns, the gradients, because those is the things like it's a flow problem on Earth. The Green Revolution created a flow problem on Earth. You know, mm-hmm. we can feed every, we can feed way more people. The carrying capacity for humans on Earth than expanded a lot. Mm-hmm. But how are we doing it? It's not right, you know. A lot of a lot of things that we done spec, that, that we done invested into as a whole humanity in terms of monoculture, in terms of industrialization, not worrying about erosion, deforestation. We done we done did things as a whole group beyond the pursuit of profit mm-hmm. that affected the way things flow on Earth. <laughs> To the point where, like, we'd have choked off the flow to certain extents. We've got to reestablish it, you know? I do. Mavi, um, I mean, it's in all complimentary ways I can say it. I think it's time to drop the mic because you, <laughs> you have, if you decide to run for office, I'm voting for you. I mean, if you decide because. Mavi for mayor. Mavi for Listen, okay, listen. I am I'm still super excited. I'm over I'm sweating. Look, listen. You have really graced and blessed me today. I'm serious. This 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 interview, I think 
I actually needed it and didn't even know that I, I needed, needed it. Too. You can't, you can't, you don't even imagine how much I needed it. And I need the conversation okay. after this because it's like, yeah. because it's like also like, bro, I'm so grateful that you gave me this platform because like, like, you know, the white media outlets really love me and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I really, that's not the love I pursue. Like, that's not even the love I'm able to feel. It's trendy love. I want to be able to say the things that, like, I know to be true in front of people who I know can receive them. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. And, like, even further, like, the conversations, like, between, you know, people that I love and people that you love or people mm-hmm. that I love and you or people that you love and me. Mm-hmm. Like, just continuing to connect all the dots. That's because, like, even the path forward, like, I have the key resource that's going to unlock somebody's path forward. Somebody else got the key resource that's the operationalizer point for the, my path forward, you know? Mm-hmm. And just allowing them things to, like, like allowing us, you know, I, briefly, you know how we say, link up. That's important, yes. bro. Yes. That's really, really, really important. And it's like finding your people, man. That's a real African thing. And I, and I'm not saying it from an African perspective, but nigga mm-hmm. African thing, like a real African thing. So I'm grateful oh, yeah. that we were able to do that, man. For real. Mm. Because of you, and I was already feeling it, but like um, I know that my grandma is also with me and uh and embracing me and i'm i'm having the emotional feeling that response that i'm having because you spoke to my heart you spoke to the child in me you spoke to the man in me you know you spoke to my grandma and granddad's spirit in me you know and so like i said it, it's it's been it's, it's it's been a blessing the honor is mine i mean the honor is that the honor is mine the love is mine and i just hey look i hope that we can meet in person you know um yes. i know you're busy I know you know you no, were you know, doing things, but I would love to just if we can work it out. I just I'd love to be connected, not for nothing, but just to grow and yeah. be support you. You know, if, if I can and learn, because I am really really grateful. You you have really I would uh, love that, dude. You inspire me because I feel like even okay. like we gotta have the conversation on the other end where I just sit and listen for hell long and you talk for hell long. Because like yeah, I need to hear about your group, yo, your your Wyoming, all of this stuff. Because like, you know, I'm a young man. I'm deciding like things like where I want to live, like how I want to get my hours, what I need to do. You know, like what's the what's the productive path forward? And it's like, you know, you walking, you really walking in the things that you love, like like period, like and that's something that like like briefly on the neuro thing, like how. I have a real philosophical, spiritual pursuit that I'm trying to enact through academia that I'm just doing human stuff along the path. Like that's, that's why I feel like you on, especially on the, like really being outside thing and like on the music thing. And those things are so related. And you know, so much has been lost to indigeneity about those connections and about the connections that I seek to study too. And it's like, yeah, bro. We definitely have to super stay in touch. Me, you, and Nadine, bro. My name is Nadine, bro. Stop playing. We did do it. Well, okay. Well, then look. Okay, now I promise that I will do that. You know, and I, and like I said, now I respect you and your schedule, all of that, because yeah. you're actually half my age. I'm, I am 42, and so to yeah. talk to, you know, you, King, erudite, just all of this, and just seeing the wisdom, 
you know, I tell people all the time, this is why I, I, I don't lose hope. Why, you know, one, because I know how I've changed over time. When I get to talk right. to King, you know, who know like me, know I need God, K-I-N-G, hey, I'm good, mm -hmm. man. You know, so thank you. Thank you for thank teaching you, me. Man. Thank you for reaching me. Thank you, Nadine, for, for want, you know, for, for uh, you know, see, I'm so excited I can't talk. Thank you for, you know, being the leader to make this happen. And, and he know what he was doing too. Nadine, Nadine was like, oh yeah. Yeah, this is gonna be crazy. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. He he didn't yes, even sir. give me he he didn't even give me a lot of heads up. I guess he knew I was gonna do my own research, and then that I hit him up the other day, and I'm like, bruh, I'm getting crazy right now listening to this. And he was just like, oh cool. And I thought the interview was the other day because I was so excited to talk to you. Like, no, Thomas is on Friday, and I was like, man, I'm ready to talk to him today. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's like for me listening to the Let the Sun Talk album is like going to church, man. Like I put that, I put I put that on and and you know it's it's spiritual it's beautiful it it I I think I've learned a lot from just listening to Mavi learned a lot listening to you guys talk so um, yeah man we the yeah, church it, man exactly we, we got the, the church, deacon in man. the house we got we got we got we got the <laughs> deacon in the house man man we the church is not a building that's um I, I like I said I just I'm, I'm I'm very honored you know I can do this forever but let, let me just get back in, into into my professional stance listen to everyone who's listening oh yes sir everyone who's listening to, to Heartwood um as you can see our seasons are getting deeper and uh they're getting more beautiful more more real and then and, and in the world today I think that we need more of this um I if, if anyone thinks this podcast is great it's definitely because of our engineers and it's because of our guests and uh, because I'm growing and learning. And so I just want to tell you all, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, uh, thank you for, for supporting us. And thank you for also recognizing something that this podcast is doing exactly what our brother is telling us to do. We want to reach as much, best as we can everybody. And we also want to reach the people who can really receive the message. And I got mm -hmm. my sermon today. I got my sermon. I'm, I'm ready for Sunday. So I am grateful. The sun has called. The Hardwood Podcast is a production of the Yale School of the Environment in New Haven, Connecticut. Our producer is Nadine Damien, a joint degree master's student between the Yale School of the Environment and the Yale Graduate School of Arts and Sciences, pursuing degrees in environmental management and international and development economics. I am Dr. Thomas Rashad Easley, and we'll see you next time.